you're going to have so much unspecial sex in your life. My name is Matthew Kroll. And what if this is the best version? My name is Shahir Dow. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the non-Justice League film, Lady Bird. You know what? I was gonna. Th- I was trying to think about your old podcast with where you had the shots. You know, like sure, the, the, the sure. patented shot same, system. Same night movie review or yeah. same night tonight for the live version. What up 10 years ago? Yeah. And you, so what did you do? You have like how many shots? One would- shot was the best. Five was the worst because the more shots you need to enjoy a movie, the worse it probably is. Okay. So I think this would have to be the inverse of it, which is like how many times would you have to watch Justice League to before you could see, doing. before you would be allowed, allowed to, to watch, watch Lady, Lady Bird? Bird at yeah. least five. That's But like- we're not, we're not going <laughs> to do that this week and we're not going to review Lady Bird alone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Children of all ages, the man with his fist already in the air. Representing Astoria. Representing Astoria. (laughs) Writer, producer extraordinaire, Pat Driscoll. What up, buddy? Hey, Hey. guys. How are you? I am so good. I'm very excited to be here. I am excited you are here. Pat is a a friend uh, from the the old Vidiots days, a show we did for... It was a a little a year ago. Less than a year ago. Less than a year. It's ancient history. As we get older, though, time seems longer. I know. Uh, Old friends very close. Then there was that time of estrangement where I felt we were both growing as people. But now we're back together like old times. We did it. Um, and, you, and you reached out to us. I did. That's, that's, that, Can I read your text? I want to read your text. That's happened before. That's happened before, but I, you know. It was, th- this, it was a serendipitous moment because we were looking for someone to talk about Lady yep. Bird and the text read Crow! If you're looking for a dude in his late 30s to come on your podcast and talk about Lady Bird, I'd be happy to be that person. <laughs> Having said that, if you're planning to do it and prefer a woman be there as a guest, well, that would make a lot of sense. Yes. I mean, I think if, if there's one thing that we can prove from three men from Astoria, or not from, three men who live in Astoria right now, I mean, w- the, the patriarchy is real. I yeah, mean, definitely. right now we've officially proven it that we're going to be talking about. Or Lady Bird. if we had a baby, we would be an '80s movie sitcom right now. That's right. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Why did one of you baby. bring your children? Oh, damn yeah. it! I know that could have that could have made the whole podcast. It really could have worked. Well, Three minute a baby review, Lady Bird. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. I'm Gutenberg. But you, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Tid dancing this whole thing. Yeah. Up. Right. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, what's You're his Selleck. Selleck. You're Selleck. Selleck. I'll be Selleck. I'll be Selleck. I can't believe I didn't pick Selleck. Um So you, I, I was thrilled when you texted me. Now, I've invited you on the show before, and we were kind of looking for sort of like the right movie or whatever. Did you text me right when you got out of the theater, or was it like, when when did it happen? I was sitting in the theater, the credits were rolling, and I was just like tears in my eyes. I was just moved by this movie to the point where I was like, I need to talk about this. being a new dad, I don't get to go to the movies ever. Uh, Sure. So I pick and choose what I see, and I was like, well, this would be the perfect thing. Well, so tell tell us about your movie, like, what what do you like in movies? Fill us in on Pat's cinematic Uh, history. Well, have you seen Lady Bird? I have. I I have (laughs) seen I have seen Lady Bird. I I like movies like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tick all of my boxes. I love a little nostalgia. I love coming of age stuff. Um, but I, I, I kind of fall all over the place. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick like a, my, the movie I love the most is Fargo. I kind of like yeah. sh- uh, small stories, uh, character driven stories uh, where we sort of see, you know, people grow and interact with each other. And I, that's my kind of bread and butter. Okay. Stuff I love the most. So Fargo, you a fan of the TV show, by the way? Just sure. I love the TV show. The TV show is great. Uh, it's very different from the movie. Uh, like but in, and are you kind of like Coen Brothers? Yeah, kind of? I like the Coen Brothers quite yeah. a bit. Um, I love horror movies, but that's yeah. sort of like another yeah. thing that we can yeah, yeah, yeah. We just did a whole special on them live I at know. QED in yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I was dead, dude. I know. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I totally understand. And I get the I get the whole thing about like you have very limited time now as yeah. a dad, and you've got to like make your choice because basically when you're a dad and you're trying to like make a choice to go to the movies, you basically have to put two other people out. One being the baby, of course. The other being your yeah. wife or your partner. And like so, I, I was kind of upset last week when when we had to do Justice League. Kind of upset. <laughs> I was kind of upset <laughs> Were last you week. Kind of upset. Yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was interesting because we got an email about Justice League this week from Will, uh, who I believe is in Australia. Friend of the show, Will. We got it right here. Yeah. All right. So let's just read this real quick. I actually, I really enjoyed this email. It was a great email. Yeah. Uh, Will writes, seems like I was the only one desperately waiting for that <laughs> Justice League podcast. So far of all the people contacting us, you were. You were the only <laughs> one, Will. I wanted to confirm my deepest suspicion that the movie just wasn't anything at all. As a huge DC fan uh, and a Batman v Superman, <laughs> Batman v Superman sympathizer. Whoa. Uh, whoa, the, uh, whoa yeah. Wait, I, you know, whoa. credibility lost. <laughs> no. Uh, the 
absolute worst thing this movie could be was just average, just blah. What's worse, rather than setting up the DC universe, it felt like the end of it. <laughs> Affleck's probably leaving, and the whole DC slate just feels unstable at, at the moment. And as a fan, it's so disheartening. The main reason for this is the movie that it basically flopped, probably looking at around six hundred million, which is amazing that that's a, <laughs> that's flop. a flop. That's a flop. But he then continues. I was pretty sad listening to your podcast, justifying again and again the terrible decisions made uh, because this movie uh, basically won't make bank. Whoops. Um, <laughs> side note, real quick. Movie Bob, friend of the show on the Spider-Man Homecoming podcast. Check that out. He's doing a great uh, deconstruction of Batman v Superman that runs about three hours long, and it's <laughs> worth the entire time. It's Ple- longer than the movie, but it feels quicker than Batman v Superman. Yes, right? uh, <laughs> but he was talking about basically how, like, even with you know Justice League not living up to this, the, the number, the reason it is a flop is because everything sort of up like the the money that they've spent on everything previously from the dark night on mm. has not as it's been a huge gamble and loss for the right. most part right. um he finishes up will finishes up uh, also, I didn't like the course corrections. Affleck was a great Batman and Batman uh, v Superman, in my opinion. I agree. And uh, in this one, he was fake tanned and redundant. That's not my Batman. That's not what it should be. Uh, and then he finishes, by the way, I'll log in with my US iTunes account one day to write some erotic fan fiction in a review. Yes. You'll definitely be yes. wearing the kinky black Power Rangers outfit, Shahir. Fun fact, I'm wearing it right now. Uh, yeah, he wears it <laughs> he under is. his clothes all the time. And then I, he had the best postscript. Can I re- do you want to read the postscript, Shahir? All right, so this was in reference to last week we were asking the question about the Aquaman movie I was I thought I'd heard rumors that James Wan had dropped out but apparently um, uh, Will tells us that he hasn't dropped out and he wanted to correct an error from the Terminator Gen Isis review or the yep. Genesis yep. review uh, Matt you idiot that's me <laughs> the genesis was called the mega drive outside of the u.s come on man I- broaden your horizons you American xenophobic scum Pig. I bet you I bet <laughs> you I misspoke and called it the master system, which was the previous, previous Sega uh, console. We had a we had a moment there where Will my deepest apologies. <laughs> I will. I will strive to, to. I will take three erotic fan fictions as a as atonement here. Uh, for me, no, yeah. you don't get to call that out. Will Will Look, Will could join the erotic fan fiction if you like. The, n- now we're getting weird. <laughs> yeah. This is Pat's first time. Let's ease him in. I'm impressed with how well you take criticism. Well, Very I, nice. Well, uh, listen. Uh, he, look, when if someone calls me out. On video game trivia, and they're correct. I will bow down. Sure, I am not. A, I am not a monster. <laughs> I have. I have principles. Yeah. Even when I'm wrong. Will, thank you so much for the email. Uh, Shahir, if other people would like to tell us how we're wrong, how can people find us and like tell us? Will, you could email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or you could hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. We also have a Facebook page, which I haven't been mentioning recently, but there's a lot of activity on yeah, our Facebook page. I'm always shocked how much activity is on our yeah, Facebook page. Yeah, a lot page. of comments, a lot of a lot of <laughs> for feedback. as little that we do with it i know uh but you can go to our facebook page also check us out on the web uh for all our back catalog of episodes what are we at 130 this will be 131 131 wow. episodes Woo. yeah if you were taking a road trip with your child on a college tour sure. instead of reading listening to john steinbeck on tape yeah you could listen to us the entire way that wouldn't call any interpersonal family <laughs> turmoil you know what's weird is i had a friend of mine reach out to me this week who's who said he'd finally finished every single episode that we'd done and he was looking for more. Why? I know. I love him. I love him, but why? That's exactly what my wife said. She was like, why? What is is he doing with his life? Uh, I respect respect her opinion. Uh, She's a very smart woman. She actually listened to her first episode in a long time. What was it? Which one did she listen to? The Big Sick. Because I I told her, you know, because she Uh, saw it with me and because I mentioned her in that episode. So she 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 was like, I think I get it. I think I know why people listen to you now. Oh, th- oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Nice. You know, I guess. Skeptical. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, I got a friend who's like, I need more episodes. Of course. And on then the you have hand, your wife, the woman like, whom you've married and a father to child with. <laughs> going, who's like, eh, I mean, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. What are you doing with your life? But it's like she hears you talking all the time. Yeah. She probably gets a lot of this. Yeah. And she needs yeah. me to shut up. Yeah. Right. She's <laughs> like, it's literally before the podcast, you would just do the podcast <laughs> at her. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shivali, what I'm saying basically is you should probably, I mean, I'm expecting an extra large Christmas gift this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's coming. She actually yeah. pre- uh, offered some gifts tonight, but I didn't bring them because uh, well, I'm a shitty friend. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you bring me beer that's a year old for other people. <laughs> there you go. Pat goes to the store and brings beer that's that's fresh from the bodega. 
stopped at the gas station yep. before I got here. Uh, she nice. <laughs> she nice. brings me beer. He was gifting another person, but couldn't <laughs> be bothered to bring it to for eleven months, and well, I no, drank no. it. Of here, course you here's did. Here's the thing: I was trying to gift it to them, and I kept failing. So you were my backup. Yeah, yeah. you well, were the guy. Yeah. I, like, I know. Yeah. It, eleven yeah, months. Win for you. Yeah. You're no, basically I, like the garbage disposal unit for my apartment. And, and every and every time I crack one of these beers, I literally take a sip. I'm like, <laughs> well, I gotta finish it now. Just gotta choke it down. Because I have a problem. Enough well, preamble. Yes. We've been dancing around the topic for a little while. Lady Bird, Lady a movie that Bird. was requested two or three times, at least two oh. or three times. A movie with 100% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 100. Uh, in, in, uh, in defiance of Justice League, they wanted us to review it instead of Justice League. So we finally got around to it. Like I know one listener, Laura from Australia, yep. uh, th- thank you for recommending it to us. Uh, thank you for telling us that we had to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that I finally got Matt to do it. Uh, and we're not doing a superhero <laughs> movie this week. to do it. Yeah. He was not interested. Yeah, I was very interested. Yes. The, the trailer, in, I mean, you don't watch trailers. I didn't watch the trailer. But I was intrigued by the trailer. I thought it looked smart and funny and pithy and uh, with a lot of heart. And but I you'd think- rather see Justice League. I would rather <laughs> I, I would rather be proven correct about Justice League to start. Right. And now I'd like to mm-hmm. talk about some interesting film with mm-hmm. two grown ass <laughs> men yeah. focusing on a story about 17 a, a, a year old girl and her mother. Yeah. Let's do Drinking this. beer. Drinking beer. We can do this. Here and we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, we started with not that track, but uh, a lot of us more say, God bless her. You know, I, I, I didn't, she wasn't on my, um, and my rotation went during the time period. This movie okay. takes place 2002, oh but I knew, I mean, I knew her and a lot of the girls that I hung out with. They also obviously listened to her a lot. Uh, and, she, for me, it was three albums. It was Jagged Little Pill. Yep. Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite mm-hmm. Sadness. Wonderful. Uh, and then it was the Justin Timberlake album as well. See, I feel like no, I no, was... No, no, no. The Justin Timberlake album came out later, so it must have been something... I, I, I think it was radio. I was actually. just coming off of goth stuff, so this wasn't really for me. In uh, the 90s? Uh, in the... Like, oh, 2000, you're 2000 saying 2002 yeah. at the yeah. time yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was also the the, the bands were really just right. killing it. The Smiths, yeah. the Hives, the West Oh, Smiths. really? The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Vines. Remember the, the Vines? I do, yeah. Well, The Cure. Well, The Cure was a little bit earlier. No, but they had a little renaissance day with that, like, Friday... I'm in love. That was the that 90s. Was, yeah, that was the 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s. Oh, was it? Oh, well. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. fine. But maybe you got it in New Zealand later. That's yeah, we true. did. We got Star Wars just a few weeks ago. Star Wars. <laughs> the um, original I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. Oh, God. So um, Lady Bird takes place. Well, first, let's actually, let's talk a little bit about um, the sort of, I guess, the the meta story of of who made this and how. Greta Gerwig? Uh, yeah. So this is her first solo round film mm-hmm. uh, directorial uh, debut in that regard. What was the other film? she co-directed she co-directed nights and weekends with joe swanberg um so she kind of came up as part of that whole mumble core scene you know like joe swanberg i think it was andrew andrew zalowski i think is another guy that was part of that and the duplices right and duplices yeah yeah, i like duplices better the duplices (laughs) (laughs) so she came up as part of that and then she ended up like writing movies with joe swanberg and then obviously she's been acting as well yeah Yeah. acting in films she was Uh, in jackie uh, yes, she was yeah. in Jackie. Yes, she was. Yes, she was very good in it, too. Um, but also, uh, I think most notably, uh, it's it's hard to talk about Greta Gerwig with not talk, without talking about Noah Baumbach in mm-hmm. some respect. Although I kind of, I'm a little reticent to do that because I think there's a tendency to think that her work as an actress and writer and director is directly influenced by what Noah Baumbach was doing. Okay, I'm going to be ignorant here for a moment. Who's Noah Baumbach? Okay, Noah Baumbach directed, uh, the most recent thing is the Meyerowitz stories, which is on Netflix, but he's also, he did Francis Ha, which was kind of a big film okay. for, with her. With, for her, which oh. she wrote as well, mm-hmm. and I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, I'm that. sure something. That, it yeah. was well received. Um, gotcha. He directed uh, Squid in the Whale. Squid in the Whale, which is oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, what was the follow-up to the Squid in the Whale? Uh, there was Greenberg, right. uh, yes, Greenberg, which is great. Alright, um, so he's done a bunch of stuff. Oh, he's but been, he, she's been involved in it. Yeah, they yeah. are together. They are, they, they are together. They're a couple, yeah. yeah. But but I think there's this tendency because they're a couple and because she's kind of starting her career after him to kind of make it seem like he is the primary influence. And that was something that I thought was when I watched Lady Bird that I thought was really lovely is, is, is how 
unknowable Bombach this film oh, is. I mean, I this is. More. I mean, again, I'm not familiar with a lot of the, the the work that you just described, but this is. You can tell when you're watching something that comes from a personal place, and after sort of digging into uh, uh, Greta's uh, like sort of you know wiki history and whatnot, mm-hmm. like. I mean, her up. She grew up in Sacramento. She went to a Catholic school, like with in the 2002. I with think 2002, the, the uniforms and everything. Senior. Eventually, she moved to New York. I mean, and like, but uh, it's an interesting thing. She in an in interview, she talks about a lot how, and, and it's funny because her mother is named Christine as well, yep. and and you know, Lady Bird's Christine, first name is Christine. Christine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she talks a lot about how like Lady Bird, uh, Lady Bird, Lady Bird, Lady Bird. I was Greenberg. thinking, is that a wrestler? Yeah, yeah. Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Yeah. Christine and and Ben Stiller from Lady from Greenberg had a kid. <laughs> Green Lady Bird. Um, no, uh, she talks a lot about how Lady Bird is a completely made up character. It's it's not it's not it's loot. There are she, and, and a lot of the events that happen in this film didn't didn't really, happen to her. It's a made up character, but kind of put in her life if if she was someone else a little bit in her own existence. The way she describes yeah. it is is that there is an emotional truth that, to everything that happens here, but that's not a literal truth yeah. to everything. Yeah, that yeah, interesting. Here. That okay. makes total sense. Yeah. Which I which I think is a great approach. Yeah. yeah. So I was I I w- and you know again bring coming back to that Noah Baumbach thing. Noah Baumbach. Uh, oh, the other film that I love of Noah Baumbach is Margot at the Wedding. Which uh, I just yes. I, I, I think so. that's my that, favorite yeah, yeah. favorite film of his. So um, also she didn't go to film school. No, no, and she talks- she learned from sort of writing and acting how to do yeah, this stuff, right. which I love that. And she talked a lot about how you know, like that whole time of being an actress and being a writer with a, with with these other people was kind of her film school, right? And yeah. that's where she came up, learned um, by doing. Yeah, so so she has this kind of like unusual the thing the thing about her is she's famous enough that you would recognize her on film but uh, but she's always she she's much more involved behind the camera than i think most people would give credit for right yes um and and this is kind of the full uh fruition of who you know her as a writer director yeah um, i mean i wouldn't be surprised if she wrote directed and acted in a feature film and it was like heralded as the second coming because she's such a multifaceted yeah. talent you know what i mean well when i heard that she was writing and directing this movie i just assumed she was in it right yeah so and i was surprised to find out that she wasn't because yeah. she's yeah. in so many different things and, and it seems right up her alley yeah and she's a great actress she's, as well. she's, yeah, she's yeah. really she's yeah. really fun to watch as an actress uh, i think Frances ha is a really good showcase for her I like that movie a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. if we're looking at other directors' uh, trajectories that are sort of similar to this, she'll be directing the Black Widow movie in two years. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, you can see uh, Lady Bird straight yes, to like uh, <laughs> to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's exactly what it is. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's an executive sorting cocaine. Uh, well, we got we got to put her in a franchise. <laughs> I'm sure she's been offered something. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. She'll yeah. get offers. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. hasn't already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, Pat, <laughs> yes. let, let's start with you. Let, you sure. you insisted upon calling us, and we we're very happy to have you here. Yeah, thank and you. You, 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 you wrote with tears in your eyes yes. your affection for this movie. Tell us how you felt about um, it. Okay, well, I loved this movie. Okay. Um, I think you go into a coming-of-age movie, and you sort of expect certain things, and they're here. Right. Uh, you know, the, it's high school seniors, the prom, the bad boyfriends, the the relationships, the friendships, the, the, the graduation, all of that is here. But everything in this movie, for me, all of that is done, but there's just, like, a little surprise. There's, like, something you don't expect in every one of those things. So it doesn't feel rote. It doesn't feel like you've seen it before. Uh, I love this character. Um, I love that it's very easy to, to, to make these characters like, you know, precious and cute and sweet and like, not even necessarily sweet, but that like you just, everything about them is cool and you're drawn to them because of that. And I love that this character is sort of like flighty. She like jumps into things. Like I heard someone describe her as a theater geek in the yeah. movie. And I take umbrage with that because I don't think she's a theater geek at all. Cause I don't think she really cares necessarily about theater. Right. Well, she doesn't, she doesn't yeah. want to play the Tempest. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Tempest. Spoiler joke. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for uh, a distraction 
reaction until the next thing. Right. I love one of the things I love, and actually, to, uh, there's a rock rock writer named Stephen Iden, mm-hmm. and he wrote a piece about this, and I totally I love this. She has horrible taste in music, and right. so many of these characters in these movies, whether it's Natalie Portman pulling off the headphones and saying, "Your life is going to be changed," and it's the shins, and nobody's ever heard the shins before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's all that's just so obvious. And yeah. here we have this character who's just like moved and has this moment of clarity over a Dave Matthews band song yeah, that yeah. everyone is like yeah. pretends they yeah, hate, yeah, yeah. but truly really likes. And she has the balls at that in that moment to be like, you know what? I love this song. Yeah. yeah. And I want to go to prom. So so it's funny thing about the music choices in this film. I don't know if you guys saw the Seth Meyers interview. Uh, I her. saw the letters. I, I saw the, so letters. the letters. She personally wrote every one of the people that she wanted to get the music for. And she, she sounds like just such the most nervous fangirl in all yeah. of them. Yeah. She, and she goes, she starts like the one to Justin Timberlake or something like, what can I say? You're Justin right, Timberlake. Right, right, right. You are, that. you were the soundtrack to my awkward adolescence. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. She wrote a lot of more sets. She wrote Dave Matthews band. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's this weird sort of since, that level of creator sincerity just bleeds through totally. throughout this yes, entire yes, film. And yes. you can and you can you can tell the earnestness at which even the most ridiculous parts of this film sure. are being told. Um yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted. No, I mean that's I just was taken for, for I was on this ride. I loved it. I am a also uh a Laurie Metcalf stan. Oh, uh, a fan? huge a stan. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to be a stan? I'm a What's stan. stan? Yeah. What's a stan? It's, I don't, uh, I've never heard this phrase It's a millennial term. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, going get with kids. it, Shahir. Kids are, are using it uh, to uh, obsessive fans. Like Shahir's, stan. Shahir's, oh my God. Eminem, the Eminem song. Shahir's, I'm looking around the room blankly going, what is this happening right <laughs> Shahir, now? Shahir, totally, totally not a stan. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's not stan no. material. No. I just love, I'm a big Laurie Metcalf uh, fan. I went to see Misery and Doll's House Part 2 on Broadway. Did she do Misery? She's great. She, 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 she would have done the Kathy Bates. She opposite. did Kathy Bates. And she would have been incredible. She was so great. Um, Roseanne is my favorite TV comedy <laughs> yeah, of all yeah. time. Yeah. It's my comfort food. I love it. I think it's so. And her character, Jackie, is one of my favorite TV characters. Um, I'm a writer. And whenever I write something, there's always in my heart a, a role for Laurie Megan. Now, <laughs> should uh, something it, happen. It's awkward to talk about this now, but did you see Louis C.K. show Horace and Pete? No, she delivers a monologue in, in in Horace and Pete that I think I think it's a single take for like it might be like fifteen minutes or something like oh. that where she's just telling this long painful story that's like that like ebbs and flows from like sexual excitement to like wow. embarrassment yeah. to 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 like describing what it's like to be an older woman. Mm-hmm. It's this incredible monologue, and it is. It's the it's I think it's probably one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen on television, wow. and she is just breathtaking. I think in this film she is. Um, I do too. Yeah. I think you know, like watching her in this movie made me think she is a national treasure. Yeah, and you know, like should be celebrated as such. It's funny too because she did Roseanne, and it was critically claimed she won Emmys for Roseanne. Yeah, and then it seems like she didn't go away. Like yeah. you know, she's Billy Loomis's mom in Scream Two. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's does Sheldon's she does voice, mom on she's Big Bang mom Theory. Big Bang. She's like, the she's, voice on Toy uh, in yes, the Toy Story yeah, movies. She's in Toy Story, mm-hmm. yeah, but she wasn't and then it seems like over the last like maybe two years or so she had that getting on on HBO she was on that yep, show which yeah. was really great and it seems like now and now she's there's Oscar buzz here and it feels it like finally like here we go yeah she's she's tremendous and I'm excited that I'm excited for this Lori Metcalf movement so now because you have such limited time and we're getting to the end of the year how would you rank Lady Bird in terms of the films you, in terms of the, the things that you've watched this year uh, I would say again I have not seen yeah. what, as much as I would like to see it's Lady Bird, Get Out, and John Wick 2 for me. Wow. Nice. Like, yeah. What I would say are the big three. Okay. All right. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between those three films, go. Well, I'm marrying Lady Bird. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the best. Sure. Yeah. Um, you got to kill John Wick. I guess you got to try. Well, you know he's not going to die. Yeah, but you got to try. Yeah. Kill John Wick. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm fucking Get Out. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. And I feel like it'd be a hate fuck with Get Out. Like, it'd be angry, <laughs> yeah, you know? Of like, yeah. um, why did you make me do this? <laughs> wow. That went but weird. But those are three. Uh, Surprising films, surprising yeah. movies, things I didn't expect. I mean, John Wick too, not so much. But John, John Wick John is Wick. exactly what. But the first saying. John Wick was just such yes. a rush and so Keanu Reeves. Oh, Keanu, so great. I haven't seen John Wick oh. or John Wick too. I'm kind of saving fun. them up for like a double hitter. They're Maybe very, this very Thanksgiving fun. weekend. Maybe. Yeah, that, that feels gluttonous enough. Yeah, yeah, I might do that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, Matt, how did you feel about Lady Bird? Look, I, I dug the shit out of it. And uh, and I, I'm very interested to continue this conversation because I dug the shit out of it. And I didn't have the the normal sort of like um, Insta talk sort of th- like feeling about it. It was very it was sort of a int- for me and uh, Jamie who went with me. We both sort of had that like we don't want to talk about it right away. Like I want to sort of like we yeah. just sort of like ingest it and sort of figure out what we want. And as I was thinking about it today, um, <laughs> between working on a television show that absolutely is the total antithesis of this film. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like, it was interesting. So I'm like, okay, I really liked it. Obviously the level of film craft is lovely and it's, it's super earnest and, and the characters are wonderful and it is the best mother daughter story I've seen uh, since honestly. And there's not a, there's not a ton that are, that are like that really like, are transcendent like this and the last one i saw this might sound silly and this one does it better but was brave the 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 animated film brave that was such a nice surprise because at at its core it was a story about a mother and a daughter and the way they interact with one another this is it's i had i was thinking about it and it's like this is one person's coming of age story and but while another person it's their letting go story and that's what parenting is yeah, uh, congratulations, absolutely. gentlemen. You two are going to hit that way before me, if any, yeah. uh, with your respective spawn. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's painful. And it reminded me a lot of my, as much as it could. I mean, uh, from a, just sort of the flip side of the, of the coin there, like my adolescence and sort of awkward moments that I grew up with the, even the, even the, the quote ladybird thing. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I went through so many, what was your name phases? Yeah. I don't know if I've told you this stuff before, but it's actually pertinent to the justice league. Okay. I'm going to embarrass the shit out of myself oh, right now. You ready? Matt Batman crawl. <laughs> Here's the deal. So like in fifth, in fifth grade or like sixth grade or something, it was middle school. I don't know what these ages are, by the way. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, I don't even remember. 10, the 11. Ages. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just started being asked to be called Bruce Wayne. Okay. <laughs> Matt like, Bruce Wayne crawl. To the point where my teachers would just put me under Wayne when they did, like they humor They me. actually did? Because they were like, I guess I was... Uh, At 10 years old, it's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You know? But then like I had like a Batman suit in like the teacher's closet that I made out of like paper plates and shit. And like I started getting a pantheon and like a little bit of a following of people. Anyway, it's silly <laughs> and it's stupid and it went on way too long and I put a kibosh on that shit before I went to high school because I would have got my ass beat. <laughs> Um, but then also like, uh, even my, my nickname that I go by on the internet and on my Twitter emperor mm-hmm. that comes from someone. Cause I was running like games and stuff in middle school and grade school beforehand. And someone used the word emperor with me. And then I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's Ooh, it. I'm that's emperor. I'm emperor Matthew S. Kroll now. Yeah. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and so I just coming from a place being like, call me this. Like you said, you'd call me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it struck a chord home, uh, dabbling in theater struck a chord. Cause I never was a theater kid, but I did All one right. or two plays and I loved it. <laughs> the, the, the way in which she, fought slash got along with both her mother and her father felt incredibly real to me because you're at some point at least in my experiences and I feel like a lot of people's experiences no matter how much you know your your family or your parents if they you know are, are present and whatnot love you and want to take care of you you're there are times where you question if they like you and they might not like you yeah uh, there was a time, and again, I hope I'm not throwing my mother under the bus here when we were getting to a fight about something and I was a weird kid and <laughs> she screamed at me at one point cause it was in a particular heated moment. I don't think she truly meant this at all, but she goes, you were raised normal and you're going to be normal <laughs> to which I responded, define normal. And then we didn't speak for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, that's the kind of yeah. this passionate, like arguing about two people that love each other so much, like in this film, but that just cannot get on the same ground due to one, not having enough life experience, one having too way much, uh, like yeah. a ton and too much for the situation being raised in different times, being totally different people. And there's something sort of just magical about seeing that. And especially when it's pulled off in, in such an elegant way as this film did. Yeah. Um, it, it's, but then I was like, I was trying to think because like normally a lot of these times too, we we go to like, oh well, it looked like this in the in the score and then you know the cinematography and you know if there's special effects or whatever. And this time I was like, I didn't particularly remember the palette. I didn't particularly remember how it was shot because sure. it gave me too many feelings 
through from from the story and the acting. I know I know the presentation is definitely baked in there somewhere, and it the, every piece of presentation, be it from a technical standpoint, was to service the story and mm-hmm. the characters because this was a character piece. Yes, and I too am a sucker for for the character pieces, uh, and uh, I I really dug it. And but I'm I'm looking forward to and now Shahir, when you tell yours in particular, and we move on, I'm looking forward into sort of picking both of your brains as to like. Other than the one or two things I did, because this movie is deeper than that, like the exact minutia as to why I loved it. Yeah, right, I love right. It. Yeah. So, Shahir, what about you, big guy? So, when I started the movie, <laughs> just three I, men, you know, like it was kind of like uh, I, there was a lot of anticipation now because we'd been requested so much to do this. It had 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, I was coming, I was coming off like Justice League, and I was so defiant. I was kind of like, <laughs> no, fuck Justice League. I want to do a movie like this is this is my people. I'm going into a film with my people. And and the first scene, I was kind of like, eh, you know, you know, and the, the jumping out of the car it's thing. It's the most extreme scene. Yes, yeah, and absolutely. The jumping out of the car scene reminded me of the opening of Crazy Stupid Love, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, you know. Also, side note, she would have had a little more road rash on her, I, I think, think, than so. just the broken yeah, arm. Sure. Um, but I was kind of like, ah, eh, you know, this is I'm 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 kind of here. I'm not, you know, I'm not in love with this thing. But I think what happens, and and this is why I kind of. I fell in love with this movie is I felt myself drifting off during the middle of this movie. And it wasn't that kind of drift off where I was like, Oh, I'm wondering, you know what I've got to, ha- what I'm going to have for dinner tonight or where I'm going to go later on or what I've got to do later on. What I was drifting off thinking about was where these characters are going to be in 10 years time. And I spent this long period in the middle of the movie realizing that I was actually just daydreaming about who these people are and where they're going to go. And in fact, there's a, and then I was kind of startled where there's a line after she, um, uh, is intimate with another person where she says, cut to 10 years later. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, are they, they going to do this? Are they doing this? And, you know, and she was kind of talking about it. Like, and they turn to face the camera yeah. and stare directly at Shahir just yeah. for a moment. And I was like, and, and I just, I suddenly realized that, you know, like, like you're saying, the film has this kind of like, um, the subterfuge of of being kind of light and fluffy, and it just feels like it's just drifting along. And a lot of scenes don't feel like they're they're kind of part of a bigger story. There's mm-hmm. no like ongoing major narrative, except for the fact that Lady Bird is trying to get into college. But what's happening is what's brilliant about the way this film is put together is that the totality of all those scenes starts giving you the feeling of a full, fully fleshed human being. And what I love about that is that she's not an extraordinary human being. She's just an ordinary person. She's no, super totally average. Absolutely. She's super average, ordinary That's what I person. Loved, yeah. You know, like I and, and a lot of the film the coming of age movies I was kind of thinking about were things like uh, Rushmore. Uh, Rushmore came to my mind a lot as I was watching this movie, maybe because I love Rushmore and I've I've watched it a lot of times. But I think, you know, the thing about anyone who makes a coming of age film is is that they try to find something extraordinary in their character. It's always like, oh, they've got this one hidden talent that they've got to exploit. And it's that same thing where you were talking about where but he know, makes the best cookies you know, like, like yeah. Yeah. yeah like in ghost uh, the other film i was thinking about was ghost world right you know this idea that they discover music they discover old jazz yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that yeah, yeah. and and oh, what's you're thinking he- of la la land <laughs> <laughs> i'm discovering yeah no, no they save jazz oh i'm sorry i'm sorry they save jazz, oh, yeah. save jazz. <laughs> yeah that's a different that's a different film altogether no but it, but what i loved here is that the sense that she is entirely ordinary and and this film is kind of like battling between like the cynicism of being 17 years old and realizing the world is kind of fucked up and strange. You know, it's like that kid in the movie walking around reading a people's history versus America. Yeah. I knew that. But also funny, but also like the optimism that life is kind of just moving forward and, and weirdness mistakes, you know, like to me that the best summation of the movie comes towards the end, which is something I wanted to talk about in spoilers, but it was this, we can get there. We're half hour. We're we're almost there. time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hold off on that one because it's a little bit more detailed. But 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 the overall thought here is this idea that 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 as we go from teenagers to adults, we are confronted with the idea of disillusionment. We we realize that our parents aren't superheroes. We realize that money mm-hmm. suddenly drives a lot of decisions, whereas we used to think that you know you could be anything you want, you can do whatever you want to do, and you suddenly realize that that's not true at, around that period of seventeen years old. And you also realize that the things that you thought were going to be important, like in the case of like Ladybird losing her virginity for the first time, or you know staying with your best friend, suddenly aren't anymore. And 
And and I think what that does is that drives home this kind of like cynicism that is either some people adopt into their psyche or in the case of Lady Bird, which, what I think is interesting is that she discovers like even within within that cynicism, there are just these flutters of hope mm-hmm. and optimism and she kind of like finds them. And, and, and that's not extraordinary. It's not... It's it's no, it's nothing revelatory at all. Right. But I fell in love with this character, and I fell in love with the way in which this film depicts her the, the relationships with people around her because everything feels genuine, authentic, earned, real. And and I think it comes no stronger than through Laurie Metcalf's uh, portrayal of, of her mother, which has this you know like there is this on ongoing bickering that happens between a mother and a daughter. And I think I I I understand that through having seen mothers and daughters together. And then, but then the, this, there's moments of levity in amongst that, like where they're at the thrift shop. Uh, oh, the thrift shop scene. It's amazing. Yeah, and they're bec- it, it even happens right at the beginning because it, it happens in the opposite where they're, they're basically weeping together and over together, the grave. Yeah, they're into uh, it, yeah. Yeah, and then the next second they're fighting. Yep. And, and there's that moment in the thrift shop where basically they're fighting about where she's going to go for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they're arguing about like, you know, you've d- I've done so much for you. Why aren't you doing this? And all of a sudden, all of that goes away when they see this dress that they both yeah. love. Right. And it's like, it's still steeped in this, this mother daughter relationship because the daughter loves it because you know, it's, it's this dress and the mother loves it because of how it'll look on her mm-hmm. daughter. And it's like this beautiful, just this this lovely kind of sentiment that even though these characters have been bickering, that's not that's not the totality of who they are. And I think, you know, the the way in which the film kind of like builds upon layers and layers and layers isn't this like driving narrative, but it's this sense of like these are real people. This is what they're going through, and this is important. And then on the other side of that, it just reminded me so much of things that I've personally been through. You know, like there were like the the applying to colleges thing, yeah. the getting the rejection letters from colleges thing, um, the 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 first heartbreaks you kind of have. Uh, this film just has all of that, and even though it moves at like a blistering clip. It moves really fast. It, it still makes all of those moments feel resonant and real. And and yeah, there were tears in my eyes during like arguments during this film. There were tears in my eyes towards the end of this movie. I I just I I found myself completely in this film towards the end of it. So both of you have mentioned how you cried during this. Yeah. <laughs> uh I didn't. Okay. And I didn't, and, and it's weird because I feel like it's it, it, from a. It's the dumbest sentence I've ever said, and that's saying something. Yeah. From a logical standpoint, I feel like I should have had an emotional response, such as crying. Sure, mm-hmm. I did not. Okay. Even though I feel like I should have, I feel like my wires are crossed when it comes to this shit. <laughs> well, what, what do you think you should have cried? Yeah. Like, what would have what would have made you cry? Um, the moment where she goes away. I mean, now we're getting into spoilers. Just yeah, because, we're in spoilers. Like, yeah, the end of the film. Basically, the mother and and Lady Bird get into a big, the biggest fight so far, and she's going off to New York because she got accepted into a school, and they did a bunch of financial dark wizardry to get her to go there, and they're you know they're sacrificing a lot as a family, and um. And as they drop her off at the airport, she's still not speaking uh, to, to Ladybird. The mother's not. And then uh, <clears throat> eventually there's a little bit of an adventure in New York. And then all of a sudden uh, the, she calls her mom and talks about her hometown sort of in a loving way that she hasn't done it before. She's rallied against her hometown, as we all kind of do, I feel like, even though, I mean, and personally, deep down, I, I'm like, oh, Amherst, New Hampshire is so boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm probably going to retire there. So, like, <laughs> it's it's that weird, like, you rally so hard against something that you know you kind of like. You just, especially when you're young, you feel like you have to. So I think you didn't mention the thing that I actually cried at in that me scene. neither yeah yeah you didn't Where'd mention you the, the thing that do you want to for me it's when she circles the airport yeah and she circles the airport and comes back and she because, loses it that's when she sort of has her moment of oh, oh maybe it's because you have kids no no because the know. thing it, it 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 didn't have to do with kids it would have to do with this idea that 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 uh, Laura Metcalf's character is holding on to this anger yeah. when her child is going away and it's a moment you can never take back. Yes, exactly. That, that's, that's what it was and for me. It. And, then, and, she, and then she misses it. And it's, and, and, and that's the tragedy that that was this moment where I was like, but, but at the same time I was like, this is okay 
Because this is what life is. Right. Oh, absolutely. Sure, I think it's, sure, a, sure. It's, it's, it's honest. Yeah. I didn't feel that. And I, I <clears throat> it, again, it feels like I should have. Like, I agree with can everything. I you, can I tell you a couple of other moments that actually yeah. really got to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other one that, like, kind of gave me a happy cry was when she went to the prom with her me best too. friend. Me yeah, too. that was you know, wonderful. Yeah, it was just this <laughs> wonderful thing. moment yeah. where she was, because I felt like it was a recon, it, it, it wasn't intentional. There, she's still selfish. She still kind of ignores her friend, that sort of thing. But when her friend says, and I, I should know the name of the character, by the Julie. way. Julie. When it, when Julie says, I'm going to miss the fuck out of you, yeah. you know, it, it's like, yeah, you are. This is the this is the last hurrah of these two people. Played by Beanie Feldstein, who, uh, uh, she, Feldstein, I think. Yeah. The last time uh, I saw her was in Neighbors 2. Sorority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw that on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, love it on a plane. Uh, she's wonderful. She's this, I, I feel like she is the, the film's secret weapon yeah. Uh, for me personally, she every scene she was in for for having so little screen time, yeah. she felt like a completely developed character. Well, I think they, I think a lot of those characters do. I think all those characters get an arc. You yep. and like you said, <laughs> it moves at a blistering, uh, blistering pace. It feels lived in. Like you feel like you're going through. Like she has relationships with two guys, two yeah. different guys. Yeah, and those characters, like I think it's evident that Greta Gerwig loves all of these characters. Yeah. yeah. As silly and as goofy as some of them are, especially Kyle, the sort of gothy boyfriend, not gothy, but yeah. Yeah. pretentious yeah. jerk off yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she loves that. She loves all those characters. And, uh, but Beanie Feldstein, I agree. She's. Yeah. I mean, even to the point of the, uh, Jonah the, Hill's the, sister. the, the really? Yeah. What's that? She's Jonah Hill's sister. Get out oh, of really? town. I didn't know that. Think about it though. Look, yeah, think, about it. think about it. Think about think it. Think about it. No, but I was thinking about the, uh, the priest who plays, um, oh. you know, like who plays the, 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 the drama coach, uh, to begin with. And that scene, Sookie's, with- Sookie's grandma from true blood grandma. Oh yes. No, that's yeah. the nun. Nuns are, the, oh, nuns well. are female priests. Oh, I got you. I haven't been to a church since 1998. No, the Um, priest who who kind of goes to to counseling, uh, to counseling, and and like has this moment, and like you just catch a glimpse basically of his entire arc. Where where at the end of the play he says they hated it, and then the next time we see him, he's like he's left the he's left the the school, and then we see him with the mother. And I was like, I was just really touched by that because because he could be kind of a jokey character. You know the the scene where he's like, we're all gonna cry. Whoever cries, whoever first cries wins. first and he does and he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That could be just kind of like a, you know, a throwaway joke, but, but he not. actually has an arc totally, and it's beautiful. And it's like, and, and that was that thing where I was like thinking about who these characters are going to be later yeah. on in life. The stepbrother and stepsister. Great character. Yeah. 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 You know, and oh, the scene where, where the father, again, I'm terrible with names in this one. I, I really should. I'm just going to go with name. Larry, Larry, uh, who's a, who's a very accomplished playwright. Played Tracy. By Tracy Tracy Letts. Letts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Tracy August, the Sage County mm-hmm. he wrote. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Super warm in this film. Yeah, just incredible. And just, just again, you have that moment where Laurie Metcalf is telling her, "Your father has suffered from depression yeah, his entire life," and suddenly you just look at the father in a different yeah, way. You're like, well, shit. And then, and then when he has to go for the job interview. And his son, I sort of teared up yeah. when he fixes his tie. Yeah, and that was, like, was really nice. Him. Yeah, it was oh. go get him, you know. And I was like, and and suddenly I was thinking about what if I'm Sketches. a failure later in life, and like you know, like and you have to, because you you see that these characters. There's a moment where the where where Laurie Metcalf says something along the lines yeah. of, um, "We didn't expect to stay in this house for 20 years." Right. Yeah. 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 And and then the um, uh, the rich snobby best friend mm-hmm. says, "Oh, that's where that was our starter home." Yeah. So you get this, you know, like this idea of like, oh, people were supposed to progress through life right. and this family stayed on this side right. of the tracks, so to speak. And there's and, a line from the trailer that's yeah, like, I always thought the wrong side of the tracks was yeah. the expression, but there's actually, actually a tracks. Yeah, there's actually yeah. a tracks. And, and, and it's a sense of like, you know, feeling like, oh, the disappointment of life, you know, yeah. like it, it, it go and, and the pressure of living life. Yeah. Um, and Laurie Metcalf's character is obviously very self-conscious about it. There's mm. that scene in the bathroom when yeah. she's very self-consciously saying like, you know, success isn't defined by how much money you make. Yeah. Because but it can't know, be at this age. Right. Yeah. But you know, deep down, she sort of thinks that that's how Lady Bird sees it. Well, because she can, she's con- yeah. constantly trying to dress her, you know, she's constantly you know, yeah. she has that conversation with like, you can't mess up your clothes like this. Yeah. 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 You know, like it, it none of, I, I think the pro the thing that, you know, everything we're talking about here is that every single one of those scenes doesn't feel like they throw away, even though they kind of, they, you could, they surreptitiously feel like they could be yeah. because it just happens so fast, but nothing is throwaway in this right. movie. You know, like it all kind of adds up. Even like the, do you really need two towels? Yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's such a fucking yeah. parent 
I know, but it's funny. It's you. It's that's funny, a, it's but it's also. But, beat, but but this is you know like to your point. She's talking about the fact that she's going to have to do the laundry. Yeah. She doesn't have time for this. And of course, you know, like the again, it happens just as a montage. But it's like, can we do good? Can we go do our favorite Sunday thing? Uh, and they start going to open homes, and they're sitting in these houses that they wish they had. Yeah. It's all kind of built up around this character. So so again, for me, that moment where where Laurie Metcalf is holding on to the anger as her daughter is leaving is just heartbreaking. And then it's even more tragic when she finally makes the realization, she circles around and she misses it. You know, she runs out of the car and we know that she's basically throwing, you know, like she doesn't want to pay for parking and she's throwing all that away and she's missed it. Yeah. And she, you know, and she knows she's missed it. And, and her husband is just like, it's okay. She'll come back. It does also feel like in most of these movies, (laughs) They're building to that scene yeah. where they finally have the reconciliation. The, yeah. the Shirley MacLaine in, in, uh, in um, Deborah Winger has cancer. Terms of endearment. Terms of endearment. Like yeah, that yeah. scene, that yeah. big Oscar scene where yeah. they finally like have that moment and they reconcile and you want it. You yeah. are. And in some respects, they that they don't have it is disappointing, but it's also... That's really how it's going to go. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's life. honest. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how it's going to go. And, and, you know, like, it just, you know, when a movie is great, it doesn't just, uh, it doesn't just satiate you. It doesn't just satisfy you in the moment. It makes you reflect upon your own life. Mm-hmm. And that's what okay. this film did. You know, like, it made me reflect upon my life. And I just started thinking about who I was in 2002 and who I am now. And, and you know, like, and all the failures I've, you know, like, sure, or, yeah. or, or, or entirely failures, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just thinking about, like, the, the, the disappointment of what I thought was possible in 2002 to where I am now. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, this film just kind of made what was great about it is it made me feel like that was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was okay to be disappointed. It was okay to that, that life kind of works out this way, but that's, that's because life. For as disappointed as they are yeah. in certain aspects, there's that pride in Miguel getting the job. Yeah. Right. There yeah. Is, there's still, there's still stuff to come and there's pride, there's pride in, sure, graduating. in yeah. and in her getting into that school. Yeah, and getting the to unnamed in, New York school that she goes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and you know like that the, the there's that I, I even teared up at the end where she goes into the church. Yeah. I, and I'm not a religious Me person. Neither. But it was, and I was and, raised Catholic. Oh, really? And, and went to Catholic school. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I actually, with the skirts? Yeah, yeah. I had skirts. Yeah, yeah. always 3 inches higher. Yeah. yeah. Always showed up yeah. legs. Hey, you got the legs for it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um but uh, but you know like this this moment because it's not a religious moment. It's a moment of comfort it's like i'm just trying to find the things that actually like make me feel see i found here we go now i'm gonna go to weird place because that's where i live uh i found that sad Mm -hmm. i found that uh you know it it on one end i was happy that she was finding a moment of comfort in an otherwise uh sort of unfamiliar place yeah but that to me and and i guess it's just my problem with organized religion Mm -hmm. and whatnot but it just felt like oh my god you're so indoctrinated that this is your comfort zone i don't don't, and and that's not what they were going for that's not what the movie was trying to say it's just where my brain went right um but i don't think that she is viewing it as a religious she is not she is not but but it's still indoctrination to the point of uh I have been, I have had this my entire life. I need this comfortable thing I've had my entire life. Oh, here it is. When you travel overseas, like to other countries and stuff, you know, like one of the things landmarks often people visit are churches. Do you like ever do you, when when you do you do those or do you not do that? Not or, particularly. And if I like do, if you go to the Vatican. I did. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't have any. Relevant. Not impressed. No, not no, impressed. no, it was whatever. No, yeah. uh, it. Uh, the Taj Mahal. You it know, didn't like, have like a. For instance, it didn't have the reverence, or I didn't feel any comfort there. Like no. I didn't feel any. I think. I think what I'm getting at is like when I'm not a religious person, I'm an atheist. You know, but when I go to a country and I, you know, uh, go to a, a famous church or something like that, um, it, it, there's a sense of like wonder and or and it's not to do with the religious side of it but that's not why she went to a church she went to a church because it was a comfortable place that was familiar to her in an otherwise uncomfortable unfamiliar place yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i'm not saying that churches aren't pretty yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm saying no but i guess i guess what i'm getting at is like even empathizing with the notion of of like finding comfort in something that you don't agree with uh, no, I think she's finding comfort and familiarity above it. Does, it goes beyond her beliefs. Like for instance, the thing, and I don't like this in myself. We were just in London. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, granted, there wasn't many options at two in the McDonald's. morning. But where did where did me and Mike Leonard end up at two in the morning? Was fucking McDonald's. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna go anywhere else. I know, but like, and, I, and it's just sort of like when you get when you get roped into things when you're in a scary new place. Sometimes I feel actually that that sad. is exactly it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing, and it's, I have the same problem with it, and I do it. But yeah. that's just where my brain went. Right. And again, that's not that's not yeah, what they an, were saying. Here's an interesting thing, and I was thinking about this uh, in relation to our conversation about the Florida project and. And I was thinking about this in relation to our conversation. Both Annie Gillies' um, gifted episodes was the light between oceans. Uh, and, and the thing that I'm thinking about here is wondering if, how do I phrase this? Like, what your level of empathy, Am I dead inside? No, no, yes. what your level of empathy is for characters on screen. Like, like because, because I think, you know, the thing that's requ not required, but the thing that makes those moments work is an empathetic reaction is like seeing that and, and empathizing with the emotional wave of what's happening to that character. Here's not the deal. Judging. Yeah. Here's the deal. <laughs> I, and I, and it's interesting. And I, again, I don't know why I am the way I am. I yeah. was raised normal and I'm going to be normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Define normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, but here's the weird thing. Yeah. I am uh, empathetic to a fault when it comes to actual people and situations and actually being in a room and, and dealing with people, et cetera, to the point where it gets me in trouble and I react too slow. And I think of all the variables about how everyone in the situation will feel before I actually do something. Mm -hmm. uh, I go to therapy. We've mm -hmm. talked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. My therapist also agrees it's a problem. Uh, and that does also help in some certain regards. But I think because of that, uh, a lot of times when I'm experiencing uh a character on film, even a, even a, an incredibly uh, well-crafted one, such as Lady Bird in, in this film and all the characters in this film, there's something that I just, if I'm not, if there's not something that sort of like, and this, and, and this does sort of falls apart, but again, I go back to the, why, why did I love this movie? I just know I loved it. Uh, if there's not like a thing that truly sort of envelops me into the actual world, not just the feeling the world gives me, mm -hmm. but like, I won't have that same human empathy for that character. Some, most times, like I'll understand the moment, but just like your brain Shahir, sort of went to like, Ooh, I wonder where these characters are going to 10 years later. Mm -hmm. That's not something they set up really until they actually say that line. You thought that before, yeah. but I, I go to these places of like, I see a thing and I'm like, oh, well, that's, I mean, uh, she's okay. She's in the church. And I mean, I get it. Like that makes sense to me logically from that standpoint, but like, oh, that sucks. The churches kind of do that, but then she's finding comfort in it. But like, but I still don't like the institution <laughs> and I'll have this weird sort of circle about it. And I won't have that moment of like whatever the original weight was intended because I'm thinking of ba maybe I think of all angles of the actual situation. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of do real people <laughs> and right. I don't give the character the same type of yeah. uh, I, the attack strategy I would give uh, as an actual person. And then did you spend so much time thinking about that, that you missed the phone call? No, I got the phone okay. call. Okay. I got the okay. phone call. The phone okay. call was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I, and again, I, I, I hope, and I do feel like, especially with, with this film and the very rare cases where it comes, the 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 emotional impact and gravitas moments that I do miss because of those things, I can still logically understand and appreciate the craftsmanship that got most of the audience that aren't as neurotic as me, too. Right, right. <laughs> so, again, the, uh, and it's interesting because I, I was just trying to sort of say something other than, oh, my God, this movie's great. And just because I, that's all I have. And yeah, I, right, I, I'm, right. I, I, you, I feel like both of you are being much more eloquent in the reasons why that is. <laughs> and I am just like, I, it made me feel nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got the feels. <laughs> so, well, Pat, what, what were some other moments for you that really, you know, now that we're in spoilers, that really sure. resonated and run? Um, you. A couple. Yeah. There's, I, it's, uh, it's hard to do teenagers. It's really, yeah. Hard. It's hard to do teenagers. Hard to like respect teenagers. Roy Morris is the same why thing. Why even bother respecting <laughs> What was that? Roy Morris is the same thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was Shahir Dowd. Uh, please I'll write in. <laughs> he'll oh give you. Boy. He'll give you all his contact information <laughs> at weeks, the end of the show. Three weeks, Alabama. You <laughs> yeah. have a choice to make. <laughs> yeah. It, would you rather uh, a pedophile or a Democrat? I know it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> make a choice. Anyway, I apologize. I apologize. No, not at all. I'm I on Reddit it. politics every day right now. <laughs> I know we all are. Um, I think. 
uh, John Hughes often gets like lauded for, for yeah, which is so characters. weird. It's so weird because really, you, you I, don't I, think he should be? No, I think there are they're great uh, characters. They're not like great. accurate teenagers. Yeah, they're no. very. They're these sort of stylistic, uh, like they speak like adults, characters. and then the yeah. natural progression of that was Dawson's Creek. You're like these people are fifty, right? And right. they're fucking. They're very well read. Yeah. So I really I think that she that Greta Gerwig. Nailed them. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment. No, Shahir. No. no. Damn it. That's my fault. I walked into that. Yeah. Uh, there's a small moment where, uh, so she's very interested in Danny, who's the uh, the theater guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're flirting. They're flirting around each other. And they have this conversation right as I guess practice is, go- is over and they're waiting for someone to pick them up. And, uh, and, she gives him those curlers. Yeah, she's hit. talking about how the curlers yeah. and She work. says, oh, I just remembered. I got these curlers. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I just remembered. Uh, I had a dream about you last night. Yeah. It's yeah. like they both qualify it with I just remembered. Yeah. yeah. When that's the only thing they've wanted to say to each other. The whole oh, time. yeah. And that's the last moment that they, they leave it until that very last moment when they're going to leave each other. Yeah. And that's so that's fucking so real. True. You that's do so that, true. you build that up, you build that up and just, I'm going to pretend like I wasn't thinking about this, this whole fucking time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were, and I love that. I think it's so spot on. It really hit me. Um, there's those, a couple of scenes. I just love how much respect, uh, she gives to her friendship with Julie mm-hmm. and the ups and downs that it does take. Obviously, that's <laughs> that's very honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, just those little scenes of them like eating the communion wafers are so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they just are so <laughs> lived in and they're alive. Those actors are so alive in those scenes. And then th- they're so silly and when she's uh, trying to be friends with the the rich girl, yeah, that's so hard for her. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and and she and she makes up that story. Yeah, which you know what's funny so is sad. I didn't I didn't catch that that she'd made up right. the house. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so oh, when I she did, said yeah. when she said that was my starter house, I was thinking, oh, okay, so she grew up on that side, of right, the right. And it wasn't until like she turns up, and, you know, the cell phone across the street. I was like, oh yes. shit, this yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. You know, like and I was, and and I I didn't realize you you realize that Lady Bird is much more. Fun, you know, she comes across as like I have an answer for everything kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, but, but in that weird teenager way that they don't. Yeah, 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 and she's much more vulnerable than she lets on. You know, totally. so like it's just this attack mechanism that she has, and and when she gets into the car uh, toward the prom scene, and you can hear them saying she's really weird. Mm-hmm. You suddenly like because we've been living with her this whole movie, and you suddenly oh, realize that everyone really else weird. Yeah, she's she, that girl. Yeah. That you knew that was weird that you didn't take too seriously. Yeah. And this movie has made me live in her life for the last, you know, couple of hours. Yeah. And I'm suddenly like, oh, this is what it means to be like that girl. Right. And and it's not weird. It's just it's normal, but you know, like things get twisted up, things get changed. You know, thing interpretations get changed in the way that we receive them. So it's like, you know, I just love that the film kind of does that, but it does it so surreptitiously you know mm-hmm. like it does it with with such a sort of understated approach and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's doing it in a way that this is what the film is about and this is what the message is it's just that this is what it is yeah you know and that's what i love about so it. you're saying what it all comes down to is that everything is going to be fine fine fine, fine, fine. fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just but what i was going to say was <laughs> yeah. quickly uh so that she's obviously has such a hard time with that. And then she goes and reconciles with Julie and then they're just goofy and eating cheese and crackers. And yeah. it's just so easy and yeah. fun. And you get the feeling that, and when they go to the prom together and oh, they're like, it's they're, they're dancing together and they take the photos, the photos together and, and yep. walk down Nuns the bridge. Like, by this, yeah. And you get the feeling that, you know, friendships, especially friendships when you're, when you're young and, and in high school, you know, you can probably count, how many friends you have from that generation and on uh, yeah. maybe one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do get the feeling that that's a friendship that lasts. Yeah. That mm-hmm. somehow like that transcends that sort of, uh, that friendship means barricade. something. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, just in that scene, they pick up exactly where they lift off. And yeah. I feel like 10 years from now, if they, even if they don't speak for the next 10 years, yeah. they'll pick up. And exactly they don't beat it over the head. It's not like, Oh, I just, you know, yeah. it's just, this yeah. is what it is. It, you're right. There's no moment of catharsis in this film, except for maybe the last phone call. Yes, I'd say that kind of is. It, yeah, but but even that, I mean, no, that that moment really does. It, it is a moment of catharsis, but the movie really earns it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it earns it, and it and it's not a full catharsis. It's 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 you. It gives you the knowledge that catharsis is coming. It doesn't actually do it. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's like, and that's what I like about it. It's well, I think it's built like the thing is. 
you don't realize that everything that she says on that phone call has been built up during the film, but indirectly. So you see, well, I think uh, you do realize. I think that's the point. Well, you see Laura Metcalf driving around, and there's just these shots of her like looking around and kind of enjoying the scenery. You see um, the 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 nun telling her, you know, you, you really love yeah. Sacramento. You know, like have you ever thought about? And she goes, No, I guess I'm just really observant. She goes, Did you ever think that those two were the same thing? Yeah, love is attention. Yeah. yeah, love is attention. And then and then you know, like Smart she says, it, she says at the end of it. You know, like what? What is her final line? Is like, uh, I I love driving around Sacramento. Like, do you ever like love just looking outside the window in Sacramento? And and you realize that that's what that's this thing that connected both the mother and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it's this connection to her older life that she's walking away from now. Yeah. But she'll always have. And yeah. that's you know like I don't think it's I don't think it's overplayed at all. It's just it's kind of just understated and there. Right. You know, uh, it's not like it's not like somewhere in the middle of the film, she's talking about how much she loves driving through Sacramento or something like that. No, we just kind of see it. Yeah. Um, That's what I love about it. Yeah. Look, this is a, I mean, I guess we're sort of getting into final thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the, this is a film that uh, is the epitome of leaving home, leaving your family growing up, but all of the good and bad that sort of comes with it. It's, it's, it's lovely. I can only imagine like all the, again, Three dudes in a room yeah. talking about no, Lady Bird. I could own. I can't imagine if we're if we're having the level of like empathy or sort of catharsis with this film. How how a woman right. uh, would uh, th- that it must be the greatest thing ever. And actually, I'll even say because I've said I-, I love this movie. You should you should definitely see this movie. Don't see Justice League. See this movie. <laughs> uh, the but again, Jamie, uh, who I went to this film with, she she said um, she's still thinking about the film, but quote unquote. But but right now it's just acting as the warmest blanket, and she's totally fine with that. And it must it must feel wonderful from that from that point of view, uh, even more so than it feels for us. So yeah, I mean, go 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 to the damn movies and pay to see this fucking thing in the theater. And when it does inevitably come to Netflix, you will watch it. It's it's interesting because I was uh, you know like uh, like I said Shivali listened to uh, the Big Sick episode recently and it was you know like the whole thing there was I was trying to find movies this summer that we could go to together that I thought she would enjoy yep. and this was and this is one I didn't take her to you know I just went way to go and I was like <laughs> and I was like this was the movie yeah this is you the blew one. it this is the one yeah. you your one shot your one opportunity. And now, I, and now, mom's in, spaghetti. This is this all in over your sweater. League. It was this in Justice League. You, <laughs> you know? should have taken Shivali to both of them. Yeah, I should have taken her to Justice League. She would have loved Justice League. You could have whispered <laughs> over to you, "Do you bleed?" Yeah, and yeah. then, and then, and she would have said yes. But yeah, but no. Now you took it there. I was going just a stupid, super. So she here. Final thought. Let's get out of this fucking thing you've dug. I loved this film. I think uh, it is. Um, it yeah. I think Jamie said it best. It is a warm blanket of a movie that that it continues to wrap you for the for days after you leave it. And that is, you know, like we've talked about films uh, this year. You know, because we're getting close to the end of the year, and like what what films <laughs> what and will resonate and stay with us. And what think, year is it? Uh, um, and the, you know, like one of the other films I'm thinking about is Mother, um, because Mother stayed and resonated with me, but it's not like a warm blanket. It stayed and resonated with me like a dark cloud that only rained over me for like the next week. It's and, like a bed of nails, yeah. but there's so many nails, it probably won't impale you. It's like a bit of nails, but with one long pointy one that I'm only standing yeah. on. Um, but you know, this is, this is, a, you know, the reason we go to movies is that we want things to, re- well, the reason I go to there movies go. is that I want things to resonate with me and stay with me and make me reflect upon my life. And this movie about a 17 year old Catholic schoolgirl did that, yeah. you know, like it really, there were so many moments in this movie that, that I thought I had been the douchebag and then I was, and then I had experienced the douchebag, you know, like I had experienced someone being a douchebag to me and I've definitely been the douchebag to other people. There were moments of disappointment that I was like, I recognize that moment in my life and, and the feeling it's not just the, it's not about the disappointment. It's about this sense that the world isn't the way you think it is. And, and that's what, what matters. And then it, it, in amongst all that, I think it comes back to the first thing that I was talking about, which is that this movie is a is a very subtle battle for between cynicism and optimism. And and in the end, what this movie decides to do is say that optimism isn't the winner, but it's the choice that we should make. 
because it because that's the way life is. And I think that I mean that's what I took out of it, and that's the way I read it. And you know, to me, optimism is that warm blanket. Um, but but for that, in you know, the, this movie's made five million dollars out of its ten million dollar budget. It is a movie that is gonna struggle to find a larger audience until DVD or what it, or, you know, online releases. But if you haven't seen this movie and you're, you're an hour into our podcast, which is, you know, like giving away every moment of it, you <laughs> yeah. should, you it's should be, a, you, you should rush to the theater to see this movie. You should, you should, you know, like not be swayed by the long lines for justice league. Like, you know, like I, there's was no like, long lines for justice. League. There was when I went <laughs> yeah, short like opening and I, night and I went and I was the, tempted to sneak out to Ladybird, and I should have, and you should, if you have a ticket to justice league, just sneak into Ladybird and see it. No, you, you should know? buy, you should buy the ticket for Lady Bird. That's <laughs> Lady Bird needs your money. Yes. Pat, take us home. Uh, I loved this movie and I liked it. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think you should another stand thing. I don't know. No, this is. Oh no! See, I told you he wasn't stand material, and now we're. Oh, whatever. You here? You'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out one day when you're older. Um, it's from the movie we were just praising for an hour. Yeah. Okay. Um, forgot that line. I remembered everything else. You did. You did. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's, um, it's a great. Uh, it's more than a great coming of age movie. It's a great, um, sort of way to show how to do these movies, you know, to don't, you can have, uh, the moments that you expect and, and play with them. I think the, the relationship, that core relationship between Laurie Metcalf and, and Lady Bird is just so resonant. I think you, you actually talked about it, how, um, they fight and then they have moments of levity together, but there's also, when they fight, they're mean. Yeah. yeah. They're like really mean. And, um, and, then there's moments where someone else says something that might not be nice about Ladybird's mom to Ladybird, and she jumps at attention. Yeah, she's yeah. like, nope, she just has a big heart. Like, yeah, yeah. so they do know each other. I think that's interesting. Um, I love how there's a scene in the movie where her and her friends are all partying in the kitchen and they wake her yep. up and it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Yeah. It sort of plays totally opposite of what you expect from these characters. That's the movie. It's completely unexpected uh, in a, in a very sort of expected genre, yeah. <laughs> which I love. And I think that the performances are great. I think Greta Gerwig, I know she loves these characters and I listen, I'll go, I'll go see the next thing she does. And the yeah. next thing after that, she's, uh, she did a great job here and, uh, it's, it, it's warm. It's fun. It's funny. It's sad. It's great. Go see it. Yeah. Well, this has been the only podcast about the film Ladybird. I hope there's more. Uh, <laughs> more Ladybirds? More. Yeah. I want Ladybird to electric boogaloo. No, I just meant more podcasts about Lady. Bird. <laughs> uh, Pat, when you are not texting me, you're overly enthusiastic love and admiration for a film that I was able to get you the next day on this podcast. Hello. Where can folks find you? I am on Twitter at Pat D says S E Z. That's also my Instagram. The same thing. I also want to say quickly, this is a tweet I made on November 11th, 2017. The correct order is high five cigarette peace sign piano hailing a taxi cab. That is in reference to Hand in my pocket. Right. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There you I go. knew Boom. it was you coming. You knew that Le I was Alanis was coming about back. this wonderful song <laughs> two weeks ago before yeah. I even saw the movie. <laughs> there you go. We did it. Shahir, what about you? When you are not being uh, an, an empathetic human being uh, <laughs> to characters on the screen, where can folks find you? You can find me at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D. That's got my uh, links to my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that bullshit that nobody wants to see. Matt. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> no, it's true. Honestly. Nobody wants to see it. There's a lot of nude photos. Nobody wants. To, I put them out there. Nobody wants to see them. Oh, I see. Well, it's because yeah. you put out too many. Yeah. You have to be a little bit coy. I'm also bad with lighting. I think you know, like I, <laughs> I lit the flashy bits, like uh, be flashy. Well, there's, there's your use of shadow is not <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, uh, Matt. How about yourself? When I'm not looking at, when I'm not critiquing <laughs> Shahir's nude <laughs> photography, you can find me in my life and works at m a t t h e w k r o l dot com. You can find me on Instagram as Skeletor, the number four P R E Z or Emperor M S K on Twitter for all the rest of my stuff. I actually am just starting a weird thing now. Um, another <laughs> new, weird new, thing. Nude selfies. Nude <laughs> selfies. No, that's your thing. I'm yeah. not going to step in your wheelhouse. Okay, I'm not going to. You know, yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to pee on your candle to make mine burn brighter. Um, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm doing a thing on Twitch under the name Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z I did as log, well. I logged in. So here, watch one, had no idea. I confused the hell out of his wife. I just got- Was s- it a stand thing? I just got it. Yeah, it was. It was a total stand thing. Tell Shivali that. She'll get it. Uh, I'm doing this thing. Skyrim just released its VR version on PlayStation, and I've I've never really been like super psyched to stream video games before. I know it's a big thing, whatever. But for some reason, the level of immersion with Skyrim and how you can see my hands move and where I'm looking and everything like that, I made a uh, I made a character who's the I called him the most honest lizard man. His name's Desmond, and it's going to be Desmond's adventure in Skyrim from a first person <laughs> perspective. And he has a sidekick named Sven, and it's I'm going to make a weird meta narrative out of this shit, and I'm going to get fucking just. Weird. weird. So check that out if that interests you at all. I'll be doing it once a week and I'll have a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Pat, thank you so much for coming. Oh, God. Thank you, guys. And this uh, was great. we will see you. I hope everyone had a great turkey day. We'll be back next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye.